Hey, witches! Registration is now open for That Witch Life Minicon, a one-day virtual conference on April 1st. Join us from anywhere for a full day of workshops. Hillary is teaching a class on shadow magic, and I am teaching a workshop on cauldron magic. Plus, we have a master class led by Theo Gade Parma and more. Yes, there will be raffle prizes and rituals and, of course, shenanigans. All classes will be recorded, so if you can't join us on that day, you will get all the recordings later. Register at thatwitchlife.com. Register now because price goes up on March 6th, so don't wait. Again, register at thatwitchlife.com today. We cannot wait to see you there. Believe it or not, spring will be here soon, and if you are looking for a simple, easy, but powerful way to celebrate the spring equinox, That Witch Life has you covered. We have a special Ostara spell kit created to help you let go of what no longer helps you and to make room for new, positive things to grow. Inside your Ostara spell kit is everything you will need. A purple candle, dissolvable paper, an herb bag, a stone, a spell chant, and a packet of seeds for planting. They're only $25 and you can get yours at our Etsy shop. If you're a member of our Patreon community, you can save 10% on everything we have to offer in the store. So check out our Ostara spell kit along with all of our other magical products at That Witch Life Podcast Store on Etsy. Happy spring! Hey everyone, it's that time of year. It is Llewellyn's Spring Equinox Sale. You can save 35% on your order during Llewellyn's Spring Equinox Sale at Llewellyn.com when you use coupon code SPRING23 at checkout. The coupon is valid March 20th through March 24th, and the coupon is not valid on current sale items or previously placed orders. And you must be logged into your Llewellyn.com account for the coupon to apply to cart. So head on over to Llewellyn.com and make sure you use coupon code SPRING23 at checkout to save 35% on your order during Llewellyn's Spring Equinox Sale. Have fun shopping, everyone! The path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. It's a very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and fun things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful spells. She's actually sending me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch and I don't know what to do. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to That Witch Life Podcast. We're really excited today because we have Melanie Marquis coming on the show, which is really exciting. Hello, Melanie. Hello. I'm excited to be here. And we have a number of our TWL squad that is joining us as well. Um, Our Patreon supporters literally keep us running, and so we're really excited to be joined by some of those amazing folks today. Um, uh, it's been a, before we jump into questions with Melanie and I'm going to read her incredible bio, uh, but I just wanted to say we're like very close to spring equinox, right? This is really exciting. We're coming up upon, um, 
I mean, one of my favorite times of year, like out in my yard, I'm like, oh my gosh, little things are popping up. It feels like maybe we're moving towards not such cold weather. Um, but, uh, but yeah, how, uh, you know, Kanani, Courtney, Melanie, how has everyone been? Um, well, I'm, um, I was up most of the night last night with little nugs. Um, she's doing great though. And though, for those of us with our Patreon, you'll get to see her in a little bit. Um, but, um, yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's my first time back. Oh. I haven't recorded with you guys in a month. And so I don't remember how to do this job. <laughs> it's true. Uh, uh, Kanani, how are you doing? This is the most of a person I have been for about six days. Uh, I ended up coming down with COVID. Finally, it finally got you. <clears throat> After three years, it finally got me. I was pretty sure it just didn't want to be my friend and I was pretty okay with that. So, um, yeah, that's about as much as my brain can do right now. I've, I've, this is the most personing I've done. I've been locked in a room trying to take care of my kids. We pretty much communicate via text message at this point. I mean, that's kind of how your daughter communicates with you anyway. So it wasn't it's, that. It's true. Even if we could be in the friends. same room, she'd still yeah. just text me. So yeah, she could be but yeah, right so there. it's been it's been a nightmare. But <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm on the other side of it. So yeah, you I'm hopeful that every day going forward I'll feel a little bit better. But so far, this is the most of a person I have been for six days. And we've had to like me a- like an episode of The Last of Us where <laughs> it's like you've you've managed to evade the zombies for this long and then they finally bite you when you're in the shopping mall. Exactly. Exactly. Once, <laughs> once there's a truce yes. that's formed and everyone's okay and the zombies can live peacefully with the humans, that's when a zombie decides to bite me and go renegade. Exactly. Oh, we've got a couple of newbie. Well, not well. One person's not new to our squad. One person is new to our squad and said this is the first time, their first time being in one of these. Just joined Patreon, and I'm very excited. Well, welcome. We're excited welcome. to have you. We are. Re- yeah, y'all are the reason we can keep doing this show. So we're delighted that we can actually spend some time with you. And then we had someone who said finally excited to join in. They've been with us for quite a while, but it's their first time able to join. Just spent the morning gardening. It's basically springtime in Florida. Oh, yeah, it's so nice. And mother-in-law just showed up in Florida, sending us pictures of palm trees and things i i i I reckon i understand the snowbird life at this point in oregon spring it doesn't really show up till may seriously yeah i was just down in uh phoenix arizona and so like it was for them cold like people were in like legit jackets and i was like hello flip-flops and tank tops like re you had an adventure because I posted what was going on with all of us oh, in yeah. the squad. Everyone's like, excuse me, what? Hillary was bit by a scorpion? Yeah, they so- think I was bit by a scorpion. I was bit by something. They said it looked like either a spider or a scorpion bite. Um, nothing poisonous, obviously, but I ended up with an infection in my foot. While Kanani had COVID and Courtney has had a baby recently. So we are like literally falling apart, but holding it together at the same time. So I feel good about that. Um, decided she was bit by a scorpion because that's more interesting than spider yeah fuck spiders i mean like they're cool and i appreciate their purpose as long as they are not i like i don't even mind them in my house as long as they're not on my body i'm like if you are on my person you have invaded you it's like you have you have breached the fort and it is war if you are like on somewhere on the wall and you're like not fucking around i'm okay with that scorpions on the other hand no 
I'm like, no, no, no. Because partially because I'm not familiar, like we don't really have them up here in Oregon. So, I mean, not at least not up in this area. So it's like, what? I was like, I'm sorry. You think I got a, what happened? Like (laughs) I've had a a fear of scorpions since I saw hook when I was a kid, like there was the scene with the scorpions our friend from Florida is laughing at us. Um, and, and, but yeah, ever since, ever since I saw that and I used to like have, you know, when you, you're about to go to sleep and you have that terrifying feeling that something's about to happen to you. My thing was that there was going to be a scorpion in my bed in Oregon in the winter time, which is not, which is not a thing. It's not a thing. But yeah. So that's part of the reason why I'm clinging to the Scorpio narrative is maybe it's because it's, it's less terrifying if my friend, yeah, I mean, I scorpion and survived and survived. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, it's still pretty red, but it's getting better. I was like, Oh my God, why am I like this? Like, why are you like, why we also have a new person first timer in Seattle. Yay. Happy to be here. Oh my God. Seattle. I was up there with my Uh husband in June. It was actually just after I found out I was pregnant and it was his first time in Seattle and we got glared at by Dan Savage. It was like the most perfect Seattle experience is to be, is to, to find Dan Savage sitting next to you in a restaurant and glaring at you disapprovingly because your family (laughs) is loud. So he's, he is, he writes this, he does the Savage Love podcast, the Savage Love column. And he's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a cranky old gay guy who really, really calls out all the, the right wingers. And so therefore we love him. But um, he is uh, he is not afraid to be super cranky. And I was like, oh, my God, what a perfect Seattle experience. We just got glared at by Dan Savage. It's <laughs> happening. And well, I'm pregnant and I can't tell anyone yet. So, well, I'd like to brag about our friend Melanie here for a moment <laughs> because Melanie is awesome. And we got to meet Melanie in person, which was really exciting um, when we were out in Denver, uh, and we attended Denver Pagan Pride, which Melanie put on, and it was amazing. Um, so it is really exciting. To, we tried to record there, and it was like a wind insanity and then technological nightmare. So we're really excited to actually be able to have you on the show. And first of all, for those of you that aren't familiar with Melanie, Melanie Marquis is an award winning author and the creator of the modern spellcasters tarot and the stuffed animal tarot. She's the author of Llewellyn's Little Book of Moonspells, A Witch's World of Magic, The Witch's Bag of Tricks, Beltane and Lunasa, as well as co-author of Witchy Mama and the author of the biography of Carl Llewellyn Weschke, pioneer publisher of Body, Mind, and Spirit. She's a local coordinator for the Pagan Pride Project and the founder and producer of Mystical Minds Convention. Melanie, we're super excited to have you on. It's so good to see you. Tell us what you've been up to. Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on and welcome everybody that's out there listening. Like, I'm honored to be able to spend this time with you and just really excited to be here. And congratulations, Courtney, on your little one. Ah, I've got to sing you a copy of Witchy Mama. I'm so excited for you. Yes. But yes, yeah, so the last time we tried to record. The little witchlet will appear in just a little while. I just need 15 more minutes ah. on the pump. I'm so excited. But yeah, you know, we tried to record. It was funny because in our interview, we even talked about we hosted our Denver Pagan Pride event at Cheeseman Park, which you can look it up on the Internet, wherever you live and read all about that. It's haunted. It was built over a graveyard and they did not move all the bodies. And no one knows how many bodies might be under there, but it's estimated to be like in the hundreds. So we were talking about that as we were trying to record. So I just kind of suspect that probably 
led to some of the technical glitches. <laughs> the ghosts are like, yo, you're here. That's one thing. But to like literally record, I mean, can you guys not please? Like, <laughs> yeah, like stop talking about us. We're just trying to chill. What are y'all We're doing? Just trying to rest, digging, up, digging up all the info on us. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have the the dibs on the coolest pig and pride location. I have to say oh, because yes. <laughs> I've always thought we had like a great location for where we do pig and pride. And I know there's some other really cool ones across the country, but I'm sorry. One on top of a place that, you know, used to be a graveyard that still has bodies in it. I'm like, no, she wins. Yeah. She just wins all of the awards. It- it was probably shocking because they're probably like, why is so many people noticing us? What, what is going on? <laughs> you know, cause you know, with lots of witches and stuff that are sensitive to that, they're probably not used to being seen all the time. So <clears throat> they kind of, I don't know what they thought of the festival. <laughs> probably mixed reviews <laughs> from the spirit world, but yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. It was such a fun time and I love the setup. There were so many amazing vendors we met some really nice folks and we felt really welcome. So it was such a great time. So we're very excited to have you here. Um, so, I mean, I know we, I know we asked you this before, but since we didn't get to capture it on, um, on the podcast, can you tell us how did you first, how, how, or when, or both, did you first know you were a witch or a magical person? Um, well, I was thinking about this, the way you worded the question got me thinking, um, I guess I kind of discovered things in different stages. Like I'll often say, I'll describe myself as a lifelong practitioner of magic because I am, because it's true. But honestly, I don't think that makes me unique at all. Like I honestly believe that most of us probably believe in magic when we're little and we just, some of us forget it. Some of us never do, you know, some of us remember like me and you and everybody listening here today, I suspect, you know, but like when we're little, you know, if you think about it, we create these magical spaces. like. You know, oh, let's make this, let's draw with this stick on the dirt and scratch out squares. And this is the kitchen and this is my castle and you're the butler and I'm the king. And you know what, whatever, you know, we create these, um, you know, these things, these shells of reality that we just believe in naturally. And basically we're practicing exactly the skills that we use in magic. So, of course, I did that like every little kid. Um, But my mom was kind of magical and would do stuff with me like let's make this candle flame get bigger, smaller, try to make it flicker, or, um, you know, let's try to make some clouds come in, or let's try to get it to rain, or get to stop raining, or get to be windy, or not be windy, (laughs) you know, but like, honestly, or play these, like, psychic games with me, like, I'll still love to do this one when I get to do, like, group presentations on, um, like, building psychic skills, but she called it the psychic drawing game, and what you do basically is you give each person like a pen and paper and you don't look at what each other is drawing. And then you have one person take the lead and like just draw some little simple picture like a bear or, you know, a boat, just something, you know, whatever, some little doodle. And you try to like psychically convey that to the other person and they, they try to draw what they pick up on. And it's like, try it out, everybody, because it's just fascinating. Like the similarity, sometimes it will be like exactly right on. But even when it's not, you'll often find like similarities in like shapes and patterns and things like that. So like I always did stuff like that, but I didn't really think of it as being like magic per se. Like I thought it was like enchanting and very interesting and intrigued me, but I didn't think it was like weird until like when my mom divorced my dad, I was like eight. And then she moved us back to Georgia. I grown up in Arizona, but she moved us to the South. So that was kind of like a wake up call because my peers like, you know, 
called thought I was a devil worshiper was the general perception. And that was just because I didn't go to church. And because I dressed as a red devil at like the school Halloween party at like fourth grade, you know, with a little the little cheesy horns and like, probably like a leotard or something and cape. But they're like, you're a devil worshiper. You don't go to church. And then I'd see people like people would come to my mom for tarot readings. And then you know, after the reading, they'd write about how great the reading was. But then they'd be like, oh, but don't tell anybody that I was here. You know, don't let it be known that I would do something like get a tarot reading because that's a sin you know she's like don't come to me anymore <laughs> so you know I guess in that sense that kind of made me realize like that I was kind of different and um then after a while moving back to the south my mom um got this abusive boyfriend that was like a living boyfriend for many years he was physically abusive and by this time I had seen my mom um do a spell that against somebody that had some um, very startling um effective results I would say and I'd also overheard her talk to her friend who had somebody bothering her describing how to do this spell to get somebody out of your life forever so when I was about 14 at this time we had moved to Florida which was somehow even worse than Georgia and it was just hell on earth basically I was like I'm gonna try this this spell this magic I heard my mom talk about and see if this will work and so I got an egg out of the refrigerator and um, I snuck outside and I wrote his name on it. And you think about that person's bad essence kind of wrapping all around them and think about them being small and that little egg. And then you roll that egg away from you and you don't look at it. You don't try to smash it. You just roll it away. Never look at it again and leave it behind. And it kind of works by like bringing that person's karma like back in on them. Like it's supposed to be activated like when a bird or other animal like eats the egg. Um, but anyway, miraculously, like just a week or two after that, my mom announced, OK, I'm leaving him and moved us back to Georgia. So at that point, I guess was kind of when I realized like, oh, OK, I guess I can that worked. OK, that's interesting. But I didn't really think of it as like witchcraft. But it was soon after that, that at the bookstore in um, Gainesville, Georgia, I discovered some Scott Cunningham, The Truth About Witchcraft Today book. And I was like, oh, maybe this is what I'm doing. This seems very familiar. And I kind of realized like oh, so maybe this is like different. This isn't something everybody does. And maybe it is called witchcraft. And then I got more into the spiritual side of that. So I'd never really been spiritual ever. I guess I'm not, you know, I'm not a religious dogmatic person, really. I still am not <laughs> really, um, you know, but at that point I was like 15, you know, so I got kind of into the, into the religion of Wicca and all that. So I guess that's when I discovered I was a witch. And while I don't identify as Wiccan anymore, I still call myself a witch from age 15. <laughs> I mean, like, what a powerful uh, way to, like, to to ha- have your first experience with a spell. Like, you know, to have that, to be able to feel that power at that age when you're in a scary scenario must have been, like, a life-shifting thing for you. Yeah, it felt kind of empowering, but then unfortunately she got another abusive boyfriend just a couple of years after that, so the oh, struggle no. was real. <laughs> but then I did another spell, incidentally, <laughs> for him a few years later. I, I just cut ties. I moved out when I was like, I think I was 15 or 16 when I moved out, so this was soon after, basically. She left him. She got this other boyfriend, so I just moved out and ended up living with my brother and working at this Little Caesar's Pizza store, <laughs> like 15, like so I'm always indebted to Little Caesar's Pizza. They secretly saved my life and don't even know. But anyway, that empowered me to like be able to move out. But I kind of t- cut ties with my mom for a few years. But then eventually I was like, you know, I'm going to do some 
magic. So I did a different type of thing where I wrote his name on a piece of paper and um, burned that and put those ashes in a jar and sealed it up. And I always think today, because, you know, these container spells are real popular, these jar spells. But, you know, my older generation, I'm in my 40s. And, you know, to us, we even use this cliche, put them in a jar, you know, when somebody's like, needs to be shut down and is evil. So I just kind of wonder, like, does the universe read that right? Like, I feel like people have to be really strong in their intentions when they're making these jar spells or else maybe leave the top off and leave it open. Because to me, there's been these years and years, maybe even thousands of years of symbolism of sealing something in a jar. And that has this kind of shutting something down symbolism, you know? So, um, but anyway, that's what I did in that scenario is I burned his name and put it in this jar and sealed it up and threw it away. And, um, that got her to leave him at that time. Um, and then soon after she heard from his sister that he had killed himself. Um, you have to kind of be careful of stuff like that, I guess. Cause if you're the way I do things, I'm not wishing evil on somebody. I just use their own bad energy that they put out. I visualize that coming back in on them, wrapping around them, all that hate and pain they've inflicted on others. I use that like binds to wrap around them so that you know i don't honestly feel guilty because i feel like that's kind of i'm a force of nature as a witch I feel like it's kind of or um work in some ways to kind of move along um energies and relieve things um, but yeah so that's what happened <laughs> yeah but i mean that makes sense i mean i think that you know there's i think that's a good approach is you know like hey i am like using what you what you create to block you from harming me, you know, um, that's really powerful, I think. And I think, and I'm really like a big proponent that like, sometimes these spells, I mean, they are and can be a matter of safety. So it's like, you know, obviously, like, you want to make you want to also, I mean, I think there's multiple, we talk about this a lot, like, there's multiple levels of, um, of protecting yourself, like, right, but both magically and like, and logistically, if you have to like move or leave or call the police or whatever it is in the situation. But I think that like, I think that there's something really powerful about, um, about doing, especially when we're in scary situations, like we have all, we know the practical steps, but I think adding magic into some of those scenarios can at least help support and protect us through that process while we're taking, you know, other steps as well to make sure we're protected. And I'm really glad that you got out of that situation and that, and that she eventually got out of that situation too. Um, yeah. I feel like somebody out there needs to hear that. I just want to say, because I was not planning on saying any of that whatsoever. So for what's that word for whoever's out there, no, I mean, that message was for you. If you feel like it was, <laughs> I love that. Um, You've written a number of books on different pagan holidays. So for those who are not familiar, what is the spring equinox and why is it important this time of year? Well, it's a wonderful time of year. This is the time of year when, thankfully, the days since the winter solstice, the days have been getting a little bit longer, a little bit longer each day. And at the spring equinox, the day is finally caught up with the night and day and night are of equal length. And then after that, the days will be longer than the night. So it just really makes this. And, you know, shift in nature where it really signals the beginning of spring. And, you know, very importantly, it signifies that it's time to plant things. In a lot of places, it means that soon or now is the time that you can start planting seeds to grow your food to eat. So, you know, when, you know, it's tough times like now we can get stuff at grocery stores and we might complain about, oh, there's 
everything's expensive or, you know, there's no tomatoes or whatever, depending on where you live. But, you know, like we really take it for granted that we can go buy some food, at least. We don't have to worry about growing things. But if you think about it, if you just only had the people in your own neighborhood and community and yourself to rely on, like there'd be months and months and months when you're eating the worst stuff, like just some old dried beans for months and months and just, you know, maybe some cabbage or, you know, like, you're not eating well for like months, 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 but then spring comes and you can finally have like fresh fruits and vegetables again. So it's like extremely exciting this time of year because it makes this shift into like, wow, we can go outside and not feel like we're going to die from the cold. We can plant stuff and grow food. You know, it's a very exciting time, I think, for everyone. It is. It's like really nice. I, I mean, I get excited about this time of year because I love plants and gardening and, you know, planning out what I want to do for the year. Um, and so it's like this, it becomes part of the whole ritual for me, which is like, you know, not just like what I do on the equinox, but like the planning of what I'm going into into spring is always really exciting to think through, like, what do I want to grow and plant this year? And how will that, how can I utilize that in my magic? Cause a lot of the stuff I do plant is like, especially we've had like really extreme weather over the last couple of years. So like very, very hot during the summer, we had almost a foot basic over a foot of snow, but like 11.8 inches in 24 hours here, which is just like unheard of in the Pacific Northwest. So I think it's the most we've seen in a single day since the forties. So that weather, I definitely lost some plants through the heat slash freezes. And so this is like a chance where I get to go, okay, so like here are the hard, I have like a rosemary bush that I think would survive the apocalypse probably, but like, you know, (laughs) but, you know, thinking through like what, you know, what are the things that I am specifically working on and wanting to manifest this year? And how can I plant my garden to support the things that I want to do? Um, And so it's like that time of year where I get to, where I get really excited because one, it's so nice to see daylight coming back. Like I love, I mean, I love the snow. It's really beautiful. I like to be cozy and there's definitely moments towards the end of summer when it's been really hot, where I'm like, I never want to see the sun again. It's so hot. But then there's this long stretch of dark where you're waking up and it's dark and you're finishing work and it's dark and you're really not getting much daylight outside, you know, outside of work hours, unless you're stepping outside on your lunch break or whatever. So it's really, really nice to see that coming back. And it it gets me excited about like thinking through the whole year. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, January. I'm like, January, I'm still hibernating. Like, I can't think about anything about them wanting to be under a blanket and in a hoodie by the time, you know, March, April comes comes around, I start to go, oh, okay, great. Now I feel like I really want to get things moving. So it's, it's kind of, it's really exciting. Um, what do you do typically to celebrate, to celebrate the spring equinox? Is there like, do you have rituals you do, or is there something you do in your practice or in, you know, in groups that you work with? I do a lot of different things to, um, excuse me, to celebrate the whole season. And I like how you worded all that it's just a time of like new beginnings and new hope like even if you don't plant things in garden I think we have this natural urge it does feel kind of like the new, the real new year you know because it feels like all right because you know what the animals do we naturally crawl out of our little hibernation holes and re-emerge into the world especially at this time when it's like I mean honestly for me I'm still crawling out of the pandemic after like several years is honestly how I feel like Seriously. I literally put on makeup for the first time last night for the first time in like three years literally <laughs> so I feel like I'm re-emerging this spring and it's just a wonderful time to like just celebrate new things um 
I believe in the Easter bunny too. So I guess I'm unique in that way. So I, I practice the Easter bunny in my house. I, love I, I like it. The Easter bunny is being like this egregore of springtime, because if there's this magical belief that if people put enough belief in something and enough power to something to make that, you know, it kind of takes on this, you can create this kind of entity that takes on this kind of sort of consciousness all its own. Okay. So you have, Centuries of people believing in the Easter Bunny and putting all this lore and magic into the Easter Bunny. My mother swears to me that she saw a full-size grown man looking thing, but it was a furry rabbit under her house that said, shh. So I'm a believer. I saw a blue ear outside of my bedroom window. So, you know, I'm a believer, honestly, in the Easter Bunny magic. I think it works in different ways. And I think it just represents this, you know, the spirit of spring and hope and surprises so that's one tradition that i still practice um you know my kids are age 23 and 17 but everybody in my household including myself gets an easter basket everyone can be the easter bunny (laughs) the easter bunny is something that anyone can channel um but i believe that the easter bunny is real so that's an important um part of i mean my mom put it to me when i was little we always did that did santa and she said some people try to make it religious but we just celebrate the easter bunny and with Christmas, she said the same thing. You know, we just celebrate Santa's. We had some very secular. I was I'm religiously secular, I guess. Like, I'm very religious about my secular beliefs. You sure, buddy? <laughs> but so I always, I've, even before I had kids, when I was like in my 20s and completely poor and not doing well in life, like I have dyed eggs every single year of my life. And I do not hope to end that tradition ever. I think it's just great to color eggs and have that fun of that. And you know, if you don't want to use chicken eggs, you can even make paper mache eggs out of like, just take little balloons and like, you just put like glue, some kind of glue water. You can make with like flour and water on just like strips of any kind of paper, like about an inch, you know, wide and just wrap the balloon in that in layers and let it dry. And you just like use a pin to poke it to get the balloon out and then it's painted or whatever. And you can make fake eggs like that. Uh, one thing I, I think a- is really cool that I like to do. I was going to say, I have a Is friend that these- get, gets the little plastic eggs and then like bedazzles them, right? So she gets them at like the dollar store and then gets little gems and like bedazzles like this, you know, it's so I, I love that. I love that. I love that crafty part of it. Sorry, you were, you were about to uh, say something. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, sorry about what I was going to say, because you can use these plastic eggs like you're talking about or these paper mache eggs or even real eggs that you color, whatever. But I like to use them for like a, uh, there's different things you could do, like make like a fortune telling game out of it for your egg hunts, because the egg hunt is another huge tradition that I have to do every year. Even my dogs, uh, my dog Sally passed away recently, so now just oh, my, no. dog. But my dogs like to hunt eggs with the plastic eggs, and we'll put like a dog treat in there. But that's a different story. But um, but what I was going to talk about is yeah, you can use it for like a fortune telling game by just drawing little symbols or writing words on or putting that in the eggs, and then you know, hiding it and then whatever eggs you find that could tell your fortune. You know, like you could put like a dollar sign or like a heart or like airplane or something to symbolize travel or, oh, you know, just put like hope idea. or, you know, write a whole fortune. Like that's a fun game. I think to play to get friends to do that. Or you can make these eggs like using the plastic eggs or like a paper mache egg, fill it with all kinds of like confetti. And be- this would be great for your bedazzled egg idea and you know, fill it with like confetti and all kinds of symbols of like what you want to bring into the spring for yourself like i want love so i'm going to make this little piece of paper like a heart and i want 
money. So I'm going to put this dollar in here, you know, or everything that you want to sprinkle into your spring, something to symbolize happiness and all this. And then you can like crack this over your own head or like over your friend's head or whatever to kind of have this like paper confetti rain down. I mean, it feels really silly. So it's like, to me, it's a fun way to like celebrate. It's springtime. <laughs> so I just do all that stuff throughout the season. And then magically I've been working on stuff to just say yes to things that make me happy, honestly, which is unusual yes. for me, honestly. I feel like I'm at this crossroads in my life where I'm, you know, just finally, um, you know, thinking about my own happiness, which is very rare for me actually to do. So it feels like the perfect way to celebrate spring is to do magic to support myself and continuing to say, yes to my own happiness and bring good luck and strength to all that is meant to be that is good. I love that. I think that, you know, well, one, I'm also in a similar, like I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, not yes to everything. Someone says go skydiving. That's always going to be a no. Uh, but like, <laughs> it's like, you say yes also, to things that make you happy, which obviously that would not be that. If someone says hang out with a scorpion, also a no, but like the thing is, is like, <laughs> hard <laughs> But the thing is, is I really also have had this shift this year where I really am like, I'm going to say yes to things that I know that I know will be good for me because a lot of times I'll be like, well, yeah, but it's like the timing around like maybe, you know, like, I don't know, like that's the right time. Now I'm like, no, we're not going to do that anymore. And I think, you know, you had mentioned earlier, um, you know, feeling like this spring equinox is really both symbolic in general for the equinox, but also like coming out of like, I definitely feel like this is the first spring since the pandemic where I've like been out and about more, you know, I mean, still cautious, but like out and about more. And, and it's like, it's really nice because I mean, you you said like, this is the first time you put on makeup. And I was like, yeah, I put on jeans the other day. And that's also going to be a no. I was like, oh yeah, these are horrible. Like if they're not stretch jeans, <laughs> I don't want them anymore. <laughs> but but I think, I'm not giving up my maternity pants yet. My husband had to have I mean, an like, intervention with me and say, you know, your, your maternity pants no longer fit. No. And I kind of cried a little bit. <laughs> you know what? Because, <laughs> like, fuck not wear, like, wear the maternity pants. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as long as they, because the thing is, is like, as long as they're not literally falling off of you. And if they are, they were kind of literally falling off of me. And I think we were in a public place. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they literally were falling off of me. I think we were at a public place. I don't even remember. It's the last, the last few weeks. Honey, your ass is showing. He was kind about it. He just said, he just said, sweetie, I think it's time to retire the maternity pants. And that was a really hard thing to hear. Well, I can tell you that (laughs) I found some like stretch jeans that basically have like, just like an elastic top. And it's the most, like, I'm like, why did I ever wear like non-stretch skinny jeans? Why did I ever suffer through that? But, you know, and the thing is, so, you know, I really like this idea of, you know, um, of saying yes to things that make us happy, because I think that, you know, I know I sometimes, again, like overthink those things a lot. Like, you know, is the timing right? Well, what about what so, so-and-so wants? Or what about this? Or what about that? And it's like very easy to deprioritize ourselves. And I think that like, this is the perfect time of year to set priorities for yourself because it really is setting the pace for like the next year, more so than January by far for me. Um, and so I love that idea of saying like, nope, these, I am going to lay the groundwork for things that bring me joy 
saying yes to things that are going to fulfill me. I mean, like that's such powerful magic. And and that magic is like, in, in my mind as well, makes us, makes the rest of our magic more powerful as well, because we are then like more authentic with who we are and supporting ourselves so that we can be, have more uh, resource when we're doing other types of magic. We have a question in the chat, if we may. Oh, yeah. Person, this is one of our new Patreon members. I just moved out of my family's house. It was pretty religious, and I've been secretly practicing for a few years now. I wanted to practice when I first discovered witchcraft when I was about 11, but I was too scared until I got to college. Do you have any advice for how to deal with the situation coming out to a family community that is religious? Honestly, I would just really think about what do you want to get out of it, because Honestly, it's not always the best thing to do to come out. If it's something that you need to do personally, then I would just be prepared for what you think those reactions are and kind of pre-plan how you're going to react to that. And just keep in mind that you can't change how another person acts or feels. You can only change your reaction to that. Um, Beyond that, I just would, you know, really ask, like, is it important to you for everyone to know? Because some people are just not going to understand because they just have you know, wrong ideas about stuff, honestly, and they might love you, but they just might not understand and they might be completely mean and evil to you. I mean, I've spent a long time living in the South, so I definitely understand how that can be and that you do have to be very careful because people are mean and can do evil things. And But I do recommend that wherever you live, look up Pagan Pride Project. You can look this up online because there's Pagan Pride events in a lot of different places. You can even start your own event somewhere. And you know, or find one in your area because that's a great place. It's these festivals held everywhere to get get pagans out to come out of the woodwork and gather to kind of show the public what paganism is all about. So that's a real good place to start networking and meeting people. And of course, like you're doing now, meeting people online. And, you know, I would just say be ready if you need to um, come out to somebody, you know, maybe try to give them that education, like present it along with some information and frame it in words that they might understand before, you know, you might say, you know, I get naked and there's the moonlight and, you know, <laughs> light a big fire and <laughs> praise the dark goddess. You know, that might be what you're really doing, but you might not want to word it like that. That might not be say, the way. <laughs> oh, I've gotten into nature spirituality, nature spirituality. That's a great way to say, oh, I practice nature centered spirituality. I think is a great, great way to say it that people can kind of understand. I practice mindfulness, meditation, yeah. you know, like that's terms people can kind of get with that doesn't make them think you're totally evil because people just misunderstand you know well and for me the journey has been very very long and um i didn't really come out my family just kind of figured it out and then especially as i became a public witch they figured it out more (laughs) Um, oh yeah that's another great way write a book start a podcast another great way to just come out to everybody without having to say anything (laughs) right write four books get interviewed on national media about witchcraft and then eventually they figure it out you start seeing (laughs) searches on your website Yeah, they well, and here's what my journey has been like. And it's been a long one. We're talking like 20 years. And at first there was this, you know, I, I, there was genuine concern. And I had to, I personally, and it's, it's different for everybody, but I personally had to recognize that this was my, my family's way of showing me of, it, it's a creepy thing to say, depending on it. For me personally, it was my family's way of showing that they cared because that was their belief that if I wasn't going to church, they truly believed I was going to hell and they were worried for me. Yeah. Now they weren't abusive about it. I'll make that very clear. Um, so I don't want to equate like 
abuse with love. That this no. was not my experience, but it was this, you know, there, there was a lot of really awkward, hard conversations. And um, where I drew the line was I said, well, I'll answer any questions you have, but if you don't let me at least share with you, because they'd say, well, I don't want to hear about it. I just want to tell you why it's wrong. Then I'd say, well, then this conversation's over and I'd walk yeah. away. Um, yeah. and, and say, you can, I'm happy to answer any questions, but if you don't let me answer questions or you don't let me say my piece, then we're, the conversation's not happening. And I, and I practice w- literally physically walking out of the room. If there was a, well, I'm going to tell you what I think about it, but I'm not going to give you a chance to, to explain or to, you know, I'm not going to yeah. ask, answer any questions. And then over time, um, this stuff is, is, is actually pretty personal. I just kept showing up for my family in the way that I felt was best. So I would show up at big gatherings. I would show up with kindness. I would give I would give gifts to my, my grandmothers. Um, I would listen to, you know, my, my family, if they had a hard time, like with losing a pet or, um, losing a job. And I would listen, I would show up and be very, very present. Um, because those are the ways that I could show that, that I loved. And in time, it's kind of, some of them are saying, well, Courtney doesn't go to church, but she's so good to us. And some of my other family members haven't shown up in that way, but they go to church. And so the conversation has gotten less heated over the years. Now, this is just my experience. And I don't want to equate that if, because I don't feel like my family has ever been abusive to me about this. So I want to make that very, very clear. They were showing deep concern. They were not communicating effectively, but they were never abusive. So I don't feel like my story translates to families that are abusive over this kind of thing. But I do advocate for being willing to have a conversation about what you believe. Um, But if the person doesn't want to hear it, you don't have to explain. You just say, okay, well, when you're ready to talk about this, I'm here. But until then... I'm not going to sit here and listen to you tell me I'm wrong without giving me a chance to tell, to tell you about my, my beliefs. And so yeah, let me know when you're I think a giveaway is just like, yeah, like I think a giveaway is just like not hide who you are. Start by just not hiding who you are. Like you could yeah. just start wearing a piece of jewelry that's meaningful to you. And like Courtney's saying, you know, wait for questions. If they want to ask you what your necklace means, then you can tell them and have that conversation, you know, or if they, like Courtney's saying, you know, if they're just going to be a mean, then, you know, everybody knows their own situation best. And if you have an intuition that you need to not tell a certain person, then maybe you don't need to have some big conversation. But yeah. maybe your relatives are ready and you can just stop hiding who you are around them and see if they're curious. Or you also don't have to come out to them. It is right. there's, yeah. there's no shame in staying in the closet. It's not like that's the thing about witchcraft. You don't have to prove yourself. If it's, if it's safer for you or even just more comfortable for you to show up at church at holidays and wear your cross and, and not talk about your faith and stay in the closet. That is fine. It's absolutely fine. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say that like, you know, I think that like the way I have approached things, I have a family, my family isn't religious, but they also are like, they're like, uh, unaccepting of weird quote unquote weird things. Right. Like, so they're like, well, that's weird. You do that. That's weird. If they think it's weird, suddenly like, why do you have to be weird? Right. And I'm lucky that I don't have the religious trauma that exists for so many people there. My family was like Presbyterian ish. Right. And so, um, but there was a long period of time in my life where I did things that my family was like, what the fuck that they were just really judgy and shitty about. And so, I, and not all of my family, but some of my family. And so I just, I, I decided that I was going to be, 
Um, I wasn't going to hide who I was. I was going to be authentically who I was, but I wasn't coming to, to hang out with them and going, Oh, you know, I did this like ritual the other day and like I was doing this thing and stuff, you know? So and, and a mentor once told me, um, because a lot of my performance art is ritualistic and, and I was having this thing in my life at one point where I was like, you know, do I become more public? Like if I'm more public, does that, what is that going to mean for opera, which is very conservative or my family, which is kind of conservative or this and that. And, and he was like, don't you think though, that like, if they were like, the more you do this, if you're going to be public, if you choose to be public about it, like if you're going down that pathway, like you want to be an author or you, or you're going to have a social media presence that you're not going to hide from people. Um, you know, he was like, wouldn't you rather have people stumble upon something that is you talking without shame about what you believe in and what you do rather than finding, like looking like it's something that you're hiding. So the approach I took was Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to bring it to the table with my family because I knew that that was going to result in a non-productive conversation in which I ended up feeling bad about myself. Um, And so I just was like, okay, I'm going to exist over here. And when I'm in family mode, I'm just going to do family mode. And if they ask me about performing, I'll just be like, oh, I performed at this cool place. We're not going to go into the ritualistic or spiritual side of that performance. Right. Or, you know, if I'm doing, if I'm traveling for something witchcraft related, we're just not going to talk about it. And then eventually that shifted over time, similar to Courtney, like, well, I'm all like, there's interviews all over the place. So like that can't really Mm -hmm. hide it. But I agree wholeheartedly that like, I know a lot of people that will forever be in the closet with their family around their practice because it's not safe for them. And sometimes entirely, you know, entirely in the closet because it's not safe for them in the area that they live in. So, you know, I don't think that there is a right or a wrong approach. I do think that, you know, I agree with Melanie that if you feel like you want to approach that and it's safe to do so, you know, just be prepared for what that response might be because it can be hurt. It can suck at the beginning. Definitely did for me. And it did get easier. Um, But there is, I think it's totally okay to protect yourself and never say anything. And I think it's equally okay to shout it on their doorstep, whatever feels right and safe. Here's, I have a lot of thoughts on this because I have coached a lot of people and talked to a lot of people about this for a long, 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 long time. Um, You know, Courtney and I included, you know, have had this conversation probably a hundred times. The fact that you are newly practicing and doing this in secret because your family is religious suggests which, and, and it's, this is great. I mean, you found something you love and it works for you. And this is amazing, right? The fact that you're doing it in secret suggests that you know that they will not approve. It seems to me like the reason that you're wanting to come out, because I think this is innately in all people. So this isn't a you thing. This is something I experienced. This is something I think everyone experiences. You want to come out with what you're doing because it is bringing so much to your life and it is so meaningful to you that you want to tell them about it. So they will accept it because then that will help 
with what is going on with you and it'll help make it, it will take away your guilt that you're feeling right now. Cause right now you feel guilty because you know, you're doing something they don't approve of and you don't want that guilt. They're not going to give you that. They're 99% chance. They're not going to absolve you of your guilt. They're going to tell you you're wrong. They're going to shame you. They're going to make you feel bad about something that is meaningful and helpful and is bringing something to your life that should bring you no shame. So to me, the first part, and like I said, this is something that I think unless someone was brought up with this being okay, which most of us were not, we've all gone through this transition. You have to be okay with the fact that they are not okay with it. And that there is a very high likelihood that they will never be okay with it. When you've accepted that and it takes nothing from you, you're comfortable and you're happy. And this is what works. You don't need their approval. You know, you don't care what they have to say and they find out and they're upset and they're bringing to you their frustration. Like Courtney said, sometimes it's out of abuse. Sometimes it's out of love but they're bringing to you the, you know, trying to convince you all the reasons that this is wrong. And you can see that for what it is, either abuse or a form of, you know, love that's just not helpful. Um, then that could be a good time, you know, and, it, and, and by then usually what's happened is usually that takes time for you to come to terms with that yourself. And in the meantime, they start to kind of figure it out because you do start to do things or wear things or, or go to things that they're hearing about. And they're like, that's not, you know, that's different. You know, those people are different. Um, but the fact that you're wanting to kind of, I, I feel like the reason you're wanting to share it with them is because you're, you're seeking their approval of what you're doing and they're most likely not going to give it to you because I don't know of anyone who was scared to tell their family. And then the conversation went well. If you're scared to tell your family, it's because you know how the conversation's going to go. You know what I mean? You're usually not nervous about something that then just goes shockingly well. So um, what I would say is like everyone else has mentioned, it's no one else's business and you don't need their approval to practice. And just because they disapprove doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. And that is something that on a spectrum of issues, all humans deal with when it comes to their family. Anytime anyone does has a loving relationship with their family and they love their family and they're actively doing something that they know their family would disapprove of, whatever it is. And, and it, but it brings them joy and they're not hurting themselves. There's no reason for them to fail shame other than their family's feelings. It's hard, but you have a choice. You either follow what brings you joy and happiness, you know, or worry or constantly worry about what your family is going to say. So when you are no longer worried about what your family thinks, then I would say it would be a good time to, you know, kind of maybe be a little bit more open about it, maybe be willing to have conversations. But I think that, you know, they're probably not going to like it. There's a reason why you don't want to tell them. And you, you know, that, you know, but like I said, just because they disapprove doesn't mean it's wrong. And I mean, doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. And that's what you have to be able to 
understand and embrace and heal for yourself is it's okay for something to work for you and work for your life and be meaningful and be helpful and be valuable without them understanding or approving. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I agree so much with what Kanani just said. And I think like, take the time to like, really learn your practice, like learn what it is for you and feel solidified in that practice. Because I, because I think that if, if, if at the beginning, when we're still figuring out our place in that practice, we're like, well, I'm doing this. And someone says, well, that's terrible. And now you have all of their opinions coming into like what, what is really deeply a personal thing. So like, you know, don't like, I mean, you've probably, if like, if you've listened to the podcast for a bit, you know, you've probably heard us talk with people, some people who are actually quite public, but are, are use different names because they are, it's not safe for them. Yeah, either. They're, they're not, they've got actually quite a following, but still are very much underground. Yes. And so like, fine. They're still doing great work. And they're they're doing great work yeah. and their practice is phenomenal for them. So, you know, like, but I mean, you don't have to make that decision in this moment, right? You get to explore your practice and what that look like looks like to you and build that foundation for yourself so that if and when you feel the time is right, you aren't going into it feeling like it might derail something that's really good for you, but that you're going into it where, like, as Kanani said, you're like, okay, they might. Like I feel in like in my core that I need to say who I who I am authentically. Like there's something really powerful about that. Um, and I think and I totally encourage people to do that if they feel like it's right for them and safe for them. But you know, it is true. You know, you have to be prepared for and in a place to. And I when I approach, I mean, I still there are still things with my family. Like I love my family. Generally, they're really supportive individuals, but there are still things that we butt heads on. And I have to go into those conversations and Courtney and Kanani will tell you that I've like called them before and been like, I don't know when to bring this shit up. And it's because sometimes I'm not, and I've had this conversation with my therapist before. Sometimes I'm not ready to hear the outcome of the conversation I'm going to have. And then I just have to be like, you know what? I'm going to back off a little bit until I am because we want to be in a place where a conversation that might not turn out the way we hope isn't going to wreck us. Right. Exactly. We protect ourselves too. So, but I mean, like, don't like know that, like I have found so before I ever talk to my family about any of this or any of the other bizarre things that I do in my life, bizarre in quotes. Right. Um, you know, I built community with people that were chosen family that it, that filled that void of connection that I couldn't have with my family in relation to my spiritual practice. Right. So, you know, I think you can exist with both. It's like, you know, you can have, I have this amazing chosen family that are like pumped about the things I do and think they're super awesome. And I feel so empowered and li- lifted up by those individuals. And then I have my family and they, have gotten more and more supportive over the years, but like they don't have to fill every single one of those voids. Right. I have like these people over here that fill one thing and my family that fills the other thing. So, you know, I think Melanie's suggestion to, you know, find pagan pride or, or local groups, or if there's a little metaphysical shop in town or witchcraft shop nearby, go chat with them, you know, go, go introduce yourself. Like, they're definitely between the online communities and in-person communities. 
you know, build that community. So you have that spiritual family that is, you know, that is there for you in ways like that you can connect on where you can talk openly and unashamedly about your practice. Um, But yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, We're getting a suggestion for Puget, Puget Sound Pagan Pride. We were actually just talking about Puget Sound Pagan Pride. So um, yeah. An awesome. I mean, like, yeah, there I are- don't know how close this person is to Spokane, but there's a really great uh, pagan community in Spokane, and it's they um, their Facebook their Facebook name. I think they still call it Squirrely Productions, which is some kind of longtime inside joke. Um, so it doesn't sound particularly pagan, but they do a lot of stuff up there, and just a really, really great group of folks. So I would look up look up to them as well. Um, depending on how close you are to Spokane, this person said that they were in uh, Washington State. Yeah. And there's like between, I know there's quite a lot of stuff in Spokane. There's quite a lot of stuff in Seattle. There's some community in Olympia. There's also, uh, I'm, I'm in Vancouver, Washington. So there's like a lot of, there's actually like, I'm part of a Facebook group that's like witches in, in Vancouver. So like, you know, there, they exist, we exist, you know, and sometimes it's just finding those like little pocket communities and, and nudging your way in and, and saying like, Hey, I'm here. And like, you know, I really want to get to know more people because I think that that helped me really feel very um, like, like I didn't it, like it helped me not question because like the people around me weren't just people going like, wait, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? You know, like it was people that were like, yes, I think you're doing awesome. Um, but yeah, we also talk a lot, though, about. You have to you have to meet and accept people where they are. Right. Like you have to be realistic about, and you know, depending on how extreme their religious. Yeah, view, obviously, we're abusive. Right, time. we're not talking. Like about you abuse. have yeah. to be realistic as to what they will ever accept or could ever accept, and you have to accept that in them, right? Just like Hillary said, there are things that you're you're likely never going to get from them, and so you need to accept that that's part of who they are just like you have the right to be you they are going to be them and so you may just need to understand that you know when i you know i i think we all have that in a lot of aspects of life when i get excited about you know something witchy right i call courtney or hillary i've yeah. got 12 other friends only I don't 15 call. times you know i've got these friends i call i've got these friends i don't call when I get excited about something with roller derby, you know, I've got these friends I call and I got, you know, and I don't necessarily, you know, call these friends. So it's yeah, like, Kanani's never going to call me about football because I will be like, I don't even. Right. Know exactly. When about. I get excited about mm-hmm. sports that's happening, there's people I call and people I don't call. And so you're, you're going to have to kind of, once you solidify, you know, what you're doing and, and what's important to you and you find your communities and stuff then you'll start to realize where you can go for what. And you just might have to accept the fact that your family with, with their belief system or with whatever's going on, that will never be an accepted or supported idea or practice. And so that's just not where you go for that. And that's similar in, you know, my mom is very supportive. Um, My father your mom's a big. I, I would say my father is. has worked his way to indifference. That is yeah. where he is. He has worked his way to absolute indifference. He doesn't care to hear about it. He doesn't really care if he does hear about it. He just it just kind of goes. <laughs> yeah. 
My dad and likes it. It's fine. So, but it's not ever something he's going to call and ask me about, or yeah. it's not something he's ever going to get excited <laughs> about. It's just say my we're dad, just like, pretend like it didn't happen. My dad will say like funny thing. Like he'll be like, he'll ask me and I'll, and if it's like pretty surface, he's excited. But as soon as I start, if I start to like deep dive into something, he just kind of goes blank. And it, and it's not, I don't think it's necessarily that he's like disapproving, you know, like, you know, it, this is it's just I mean, not like, their bag. It's just they have no like, understanding. They have it's no ability similar. to relate. It's, it's just, similar. okay, we're going to look over here. at something Right. Shiny. It's similar to how I feel when he like talks about how much he loves golfing. Like, I don't know anything about golfing. Like, cool, dad. That's all. Oh, you did a really good game. That's rad. You got a hole in one. I sweet. Like, I don't, but it's like, it really, I, I can be like, ex- and then he wants to talk to you about what's going on with the PGA. And you're like, eh. I don't know. And it's, you know, and like, same with like, you know, if I'm talking about witchcraft or suspension or ritual, ritual performance art, like that's where it's like. My, you know, my stepmom, they're all, again, they're all very supportive, but like, again, I can watch the two of them kind of go, oh, that's, oh, that's nice, dear. Like, and I'm like, okay, we've gone too deep. We just, you know, so like, you know, and, and similarly, like, you know, if, if they're talking to me about their religion, like, you know, I'm like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's great. You went to the church service. Lovely. You know, but like, I'm not really interested in like hearing them read scripture to me. Like, I would be like, great. I'm not like, that's not really my thing. So we just kind of, exist and like know that there's those pieces of each other and I feel very privileged because I know that's not the case for everyone to be able to get to that area of neutrality but you know even when that even when things were quite contentious at one point around you know the type of performance art I was doing um you know I just decided that like I didn't like the relationship with members of my family was valuable in enough ways that it was okay for me to just like not bring it up because I got joy in a different way from them. Um, and like I said, I very, in, in a very privileged way, had them come around very oddly, like where I was like, wait, did some, what happened? Did you get a look? Like, what did you like have an epiphany at night? Did you have some sort of prophetic dream? And suddenly you're curious about what I'm doing because for years we didn't talk about it. So, you know, things do shift and change. Um, and I think what helped those things shift and change was also my mindset in going, I don't really care. I'm going to do the things that make me happy. It's also the fact that mm-hmm. you've done it for so long. Yeah. And, I'm and like, I think this is true also with, with a lot of our families. It's not a phase, right? You're right. just doing this. This is a phase. They can convince you to jump out of this phase. This families is a phase, love to say that. Right. But after decades, it's like, okay, this is what she does. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right we're here. This is what she does, you know, and they come around a little bit, but the spring, spring equinox and Ostara and Easter are the perfect like segue to like that conversation. Exactly. Because there's nothing more fun than going to Christian Easter celebrations and being like, I know why there's bunnies and eggs. You don't know why there's bunnies and eggs. I know why there's bunnies and eggs. (laughs) It's, it's pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. You're Courtney, you're excited about Cadbury cream eggs. Is that what you said? I'm excited that there's an egregore that brings Cadbury cream eggs because Melanie never thought about the Easter bunny being an egregore. And so there is a magical (laughs) that brings Cadbury cream eggs is making my life very, very happy. And watching my husband shake his head. I'm like Cadbury cream (laughs) eggs and then the like Reese's. I'm a believer. Yes. Reese's peanut butter eggs. Like I can't. They're so good. Um, what yeah, do you, that I was like a really good question, by the way. Together, you, honestly. 
Yes. I'll bring everything together. Okay. Give me a second here. Okay. First, I'd like to say that as a witch, it's important to know, this is an important witch lesson to know that you do not need anyone else's permission or approval to do what you do. Your power, how much power you have is only between you and the the universe and nature. And quite frankly, it's better if people don't know how much power truly have. So it allows you to like basically as a witch. Your power is all the power in the whole universe, basically. And if you get yes. out of the way, like however much you are in the way is how much and how much you can stand to let flow through you. But you have access to all of that power. So you do not need anybody else's permission or approval for anything. And how this has to do with the spring equinox is this is a great time to channel the bunny egregore if you want, or just the feeling of spring time renewal and the invigorating energies that are right now with the sunlight we're all getting much more of right now and let that energize your own goals for the spring and for the for the equinox for your own personal power to rise and you know if that means acceptance from others if that means you know achieving some goal um, a good way to, to just like get a candle like a white or yellow candle you can do this on the equinox or at a full moon or waxing moon and scratch into the candle like words or symbols to symbolize like what you want um, you know what you want to happen and then you can even use like oils to anoint that with if you want and just let that burn down all the way either outside under the moonlight or under the sun and let that kind of charge up your um, dreams for the future of springs it's such a it's the perfect time to do every single one of those things it's exciting it's exciting M- melanie you know d- do you think there is anything or are there things that people understand about this misunderstand about the spring equinox i think sometimes you know, we go into these times of year and people have like either misconceptions or they kind of like uh, have a tunnel vision into what something is. Do you think there are any common misconceptions about this time of year? Um, yeah, I think a lot of people probably think it doesn't really affect them or if they don't practice, you know, the the you know, Sabbath holidays, just, they just might feel like it's just not like important to them or that it doesn't affect them. But honestly, I feel like it's something that affects everybody and nature it's just kind of like an internal switch that happens like you know mainstream people talk about getting spring fever you know like that's basically what it is it just makes you feel like ready for fun like the bunnies are hopping all around they're getting frisky and you know it's a time of you know (laughs) feeling frisky and ready for for some fun and vitality to re-enter our lives i think that's the misconception is that people might think that it's you know it's just a day on the calendar it doesn't really matter but i think it does kind of signal like this internal switch that we just can't really escape whether we believe or not yeah i i think so too i mean just the season change i mean just the change again it's like whether we have a you know, a a relationship to any of these holidays or not, or any of these times of year or not, like on a spiritual or magical sense, like we still all experience that, like, you know, when it's this time of year, we're like ready for the sun, we're ready to be outside, we're ready to go do things. Just like in fall, we're ready for like slippers and cozy blankets and tea. And, you know, so it's like, we go through those different times of year. um, And I think that I agree, it affects us all regardless. Um, do you, I know you talked about what you do in general, but is there anything extra special that's happening this year since it's the first time since, um, you know, since the pandemic that you've really been able to be out celebrating? Um, not particularly that I can really think of that I'm doing like in person with people. I'll, I'll just do my usual egg hunts <laughs> and egg coloring. <laughs> like I, this I said, like, the egg fortune telling is, oh, I think it, I think. Kind of let go of things that decay. Yeah. 
yeah like, the, the decay of winter needs to be let go of so that's one thing special i'm doing is like consciously letting go of decay in my life and things that are no longer serving me that seem like dead to my life going forward things that don't seem like they belong to my vision of success moving forward i'm shedding those things like physical objects and emotional stuff and you know it's a great time for spring cleaning in and out right. so i guess that's what i'm doing kind of out and about is trying to be more like intentional of like oh look my hair is showing i'm not wearing a panda hat you know <laughs> <laughs> to do things more like you know stop hiding and get more out in the world so it's just kind of like my own personal renewal trying to get out of my hobo cave i've been living in for like oh three gosh. plus years honestly it's hard to pull out of it you know like i'm an incredible yeah. I'm, a huge, I'm a huge extrovert so i never in a million years thought that i would ever in my life be in a scenario where i didn't want to be out but like when we started getting when public things started happening more and more i really had to like drag my ass out of the house like which is something that i've never experienced usually like anyone that's lived with me previously knows that like, I'm hard, you know, like other than like, like I, I even have my dogs with me most of the time. They're in the car. We're going around. We're like never home. We're doing things. And it was like, oh my God, I have to remember how to be a person in public. I don't even know what this is like. Like what happened? One um, of my favorite whole thing. things about spring is, and I want everyone to copy this and try this. Oh, I'm ready. The combination of lemon and lavender. Okay. Oh, yes. Every season. Yes has its flavors. Okay. Autumn has its pumpkin spice and, and, uh, winter has its, you know, peppermint and, and stuff like that. But to me, spring is lemon and lavender and I bake with it. I lemon, lavender cupcakes and cakes, um, lavender lemonade, lemonade uh, also lavender and lemonade is to die for the best. Um, so, you know, to me that's, and it's part, it's the freshness. It's the lavender just brings this really just fragrant, just kind of so good, earthy, fresh grounding kind of sensation. So I would recommend for anyone who has not yet experienced that flavor combination, let that be your new favorite spring thing. Because let that inspire so you. So energizing. Yeah. It's new year, new magic time, and we have the perfect way to put a spark back into your magic. We sure do. It is no secret that we are obsessed with Kachina Aurora and everything that the amazing Dawn Hunt creates there. You may be wondering how you can harness that kitchen magic as well. Dawn's books are the perfect way to infuse your daily life with an extra sprinkle of magic. And besides magical tips, the recipes are so delicious. Oh my God, they're so good. Like they make you feel so much better about yourself in the kitchen. Yes. Don Hunt's A Kitchen Witch's Guide to to Recipes of Love and Romance is a staple of mine. It's not just about your love life, but also about self-love and how to infuse your heart into recipes for those that you care about. Yes, and her book, Kitchen Witchcraft for Beginners, Spells, Recipes, and Rituals to Bring Your Practice into the Kitchen is exactly what we have been all needing. Don't be fooled by the title. It is the perfect addition for you seasoned witches as well. Whether you cook or not, it shows you the magical properties of the foods you eat, as well as the magical practices you can embrace when preparing your food. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited as hell for the new book, but we all know that I am the podcast coffee addict 
And so I am insanely excited about their new coffee options. They have new moon magic coffee blends. I mean, come on, three roasts to energetically align with the phases of the moon, dark moon, half moon, and full moon roasts. They take your daily coffee routine and make it a morning ritual for magic in every cup. We are legit fans of Kachina Aurora, so much so that we include Kachina Aurora products in our TWL magical subscription boxes. But you do not have to wait for us. You can go to kachinaaurora.com and check out Dawn's magically infused olive oils, incredible veggie or chip mixes, risotto mixes, as well as her magical spoons and aprons and the must-have new book, Kitchen Witchcraft for Beginners. Now you get 10% off with our new code, everybody, Witch Life. Literally everything she makes is amazing, and both books are phenomenal. The oils, the dips, the mixes, the coffee, I can't get enough of it. Kachina Aurora is there for all of your magical needs and delicious ones at that. So go to kachinaaurora.com ASAP and don't forget to use code Witch Life and get 10% off. Thank you to Kachina Aurora for being an episode sponsor. Well, it's 2023, and what better way to ring in the new year than with some new rings? Rings, necklaces, and all the pretty shiny things you could possibly hope for to bring in your new 2023 good luck. New year, new jewelry is my motto. I think no one's surprised by that. And Blessed Be Magic is the perfect place to fulfill all of your jewelry dreams. And by you, I also 100% mean me. Yes, Blessed Me Magic creates discreet, beautiful talisman jewelry for witches to remind them of their magic. They have over 700 five-star reviews. Count that, 700, and they ship worldwide with fast, free shipping within the USA. Gift giving is my favorite part of everything. I do it throughout the year and being able to shop for my favorite witches with a company that makes jewelry for witches like me is just phenomenal. I get compliments on my pieces all the time. And just yesterday when I was ordering coffee, the barista noticed my Hecate ring and was grilling me trying to find out where I bought them. And I told them all about Blessed Be Magic and where I got my ring. Truly, they have so many beautiful items to choose from. And they have a new collection, the Lilith collection, which is coming out, which includes an absolutely stunning Lilith signet ring. Oh, I cannot wait to put that in my shopping cart. One of the pieces I also really love is their Pinnacle Mini Pendant Necklace. It's a signature piece of theirs, and it is both elegant and minimalist. It is the perfect combination for today's witch. I have the Pentacle Mini Pendant Necklace, and I love it. I know I often wear my jewelry loud and all over the pl- all over the place, but there is something so classic about this necklace. You're right. It's elegant. And, and, and when I wear it with my Hecate ring, I love floating around town, feeling like I have this connection to my magic everywhere I go. I have totally hooked us and our listeners up and have created a discount code just for that witch life. So go to blessedbemagic.com. That's magic with a K and use Witch Life 15. That's Witch Life 15 and save 15% on all full priced talisman jewelry. Trust me when I say that with as much shopping as you're about to do and all the presents you're about to buy, when you go to this site, you're going to really love that extra 15% off. That's right. Go be your badass witch selves. And thank you to Blessed Be Magic for being an episode sponsor. Spring is a ways a ways, y'all, at least where we are. It's going to be cold and rainy for several more months. What Hillary is trying to say is that it's tea drinking weather. 
All weather is tea drinking weather, especially if you are a fan of the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company. We are not making this up. Jasmine Pearl Tea is magical. Over the years, they have methodically tasted and studied thousands of different teas in search of the most delicious and interesting examples available. All of their signature blends are are handcrafted on site in small batches following a perfected proprietary five-step process starting with setting an intention. Literally everyone we have introduced the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company to has been hooked on it. From roasting chai spices in-house to sourcing exquisite Italian bergamot oil from for Earl Grey, Jasmine Pearl Tea Company's signature blends range from totally unique to inspired versions of the classics. Once blended, their loose-leaf teas are carefully packed, sealed, and lovingly shipped to your door. Yes, the Jasmine Pearl is mindful to not overflavor their blends, but instead lightly scent or embolden their natural essence so that the tea itself shines through. A deep understanding and familiarity with each element is also necessary as ingredients are selected to create balance within the brew. They have such a wide variety of teas. If you're like us, you're still in the throes of winter and crave something rich and smoky like their Lapsang Shushong, or if spring is already in your area and you're looking for something fruity or citrusy to drink over ice, the Jasmine Pearl will have what your witchy heart desires. Supporting small businesses is very important to us, and the Jasmine Pearl is a family-owned tea importer and specialty tea blender based right here in Portland, Oregon, who has been crafting tea blends for 17 years and direct sourcing teas from origin since 2004. Their blending and sourcing philosophy is based in the love of fine teas and herbs, which is why they focus on blending with exceptional ingredients, hand blending each batch using mainly organic ingredients, and it shows. This tea is so good. And it's literally turned me from a tea addict into like a literal raging psycho tea addict. Truth, truth, truth. Yes. <laughs> so check out these phenomenal teas at thejasminepearl.com and you can save 10% with coupon code WITCH2023. That's WITCH2023. You get free shipping on orders over $35 and, you know, go ahead and let them know you heard about them on That Witch Life podcast. Thank you to the Jasmine Pearl for being an episode sponsor. Uh, I have a funny question, Melanie, and I've been really excited to ask this question. Um, and people are probably gonna be like, what, but this is an, this is a critical question here. If your ashes were spread at Disney world, what would you like to have happen to them? Okay. So I remember this question because this came up taking pride in our recording that didn't work. Oh yeah. It was the best. I remember my initial first instinct. Yeah, my first instinct was to say that I wanted my ashes to be snorted by Donald Duck. And this was because, <laughs> yeah, it, it was because like Donald Duck stepped on my brother's foot when he was three and went to Disney World. So he's forever had this grudge against Donald Duck. So that was just my instinct. But now that I think about it, I feel like I wouldn't want, you know, the new Donald Duck, whoever plays him to have to do that. So instead, I would like the costume characters to in a show of labor rights take off their costumes in the middle of a big day and rub the ashes all over their bodies and do some kind of yes! dance and you know take yes! over the park. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh I feel like now I now I'm like I need like now I really need to think about like what I'm gonna make these two do with my ashes. Like, like <laughs> I'm gonna have them spread at a 
regional production of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> then I will literally come back as a demon and ruin your life. <laughs> you were going to do it anyway. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Courtney the other day was like, oh my God, what? This is Nugget. Nugget this is Hillary oh Nugget Hoover Jr. That's the full name, yeah. The full name. Hillary Eunice Nugget Hoover Jr. Hoover Jr. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's oh, not going to be precious, precious little. <laughs> a precious little one. Yes, we're doing good. We slept from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. and <clears throat> then from 3 a.m. to... Uh, 530. Wow. That's an improvement. Yeah. So we're, we're still doing that. Oh my God. We're, we're very, uh, we get very upset when our diaper is dirty and has to be changed. It's a lot of drama around here. Yeah. So, um, Mm -hmm. and this little one is not as fond of formula as she is of breast milk. She likes the boob. Um, but, um, sometimes we have to do formula because of just logistics and timing. She's growing. She's yeah, growing and she's, she's putting on weight steadily. She was born pretty, she I had, I had to be induced. So she was really small when she came out. She was almost as small as Soleil when Soleil was born. <laughs> Soleil was a teeny, teeny, teeny. Um, but uh, she's getting bigger. Yeah. Oh my God. Isn't she just precious? I it's can't. little nugget. Hillary little Eunice Nugget Hoover Jr. <laughs> Hillary Eunice Nugget. Beautiful. My husband's over there going, stop it. That's not her name. <laughs> That is your beautiful mama. Oh my God. Literally. This is me not having slept and dealing with periodic fever from mastitis. It was weird. You still look good. I was going to say like, if this is what you look like when you don't sleep, like we're never going to show you what I look like when I don't sleep because I look like a creature that's dug my way out of the earth. Thank you. We've got another mama in the group who's like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Um, I, yeah, we, Courtney and I always joke about like, I, I think Courtney was like the other day said, um, I'm going to make you sing. What did you say? You were going to sing at your funeral. Um, there, uh, my husband and I are working on our advanced directives now that we're parents. And one, a part of my, my, uh, requests of my funeral is one that Kanani has to read the eulogy that I write because she's not going to write it. Um, so she's going to make me write it. So I got to write sure. it in advance you have to pre-write it. it. Yeah. For her. Yeah. Um, so she has to write mm-hmm. it. And then, um, then Hillary has to sing both, um, think of me from Phantom of the Opera, but also, um, she also has to sing, um, Ave Maria. And so I told Courtney that then I would just have to die first. Like, if, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, uh Oh, it's my time. Like I want to do like a Mad Libs eulogy. Kanani's gonna have to fill in some of the words. Like hi everyone. The universe universe will know (laughs) like that it's coming, and I will just spontaneously combust because if I believe in who I am on an authentic level, like I would never be. I would like my body, my my spirit would never tolerate that. So it would just pre-combust. So I wouldn't have to do that. That's the plan. Seems reasonable. You could never make me read your eulogy. That would never happen. You would. You would, would do it awful. if I wrote it. You would. Yeah. You'd be like, okay. I would, but no one would be able to understand what I was saying because I would just be I know. crying this is all like, time. This is like it's always like people are always. I'd be like, like, I promise it was beautiful. I'll just have it up on a screen so that when they just hear the gibberish, they can at least read what the words are supposed to sound like. 
Oh my God. Why do we do this? We, this is a spring equinox episode. We turn it into funeral. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> like so wrong. Mad lib. People are literally like, it's so funny because like, I, I frequently am like, first of all, people ask me to sing at weddings and funerals all the time. And I'm like, y'all obviously don't know me because I am a serious cry. Like I am like, there is a, only a small window of emotion that doesn't involve crying. Like if I'm too happy, I cry. If I'm moved, I cry. If I'm sad, if I'm angry, I get angry enough that I just cry. So like, it is a nightmare. Like every wedding that I've ever sang in, it's like, I'm having to like, cr- just wreck my way through it. Especially if it's some, if it's someone I don't really know, like even then it's hard because I'm a sympathetic crier, but like otherwise, but if it's someone I know, like get the fuck out of here. How am I supposed to sing when you're like walking down the aisle? At my funeral, I'm going to have Hillary sing at my funeral. I'm going to have Hillary sing the thong song. That's I thought you were going to do the milkshake song. Only or it could I be can, the milkshake song. Only but it's going to be in past tense. My milkshake maybe, song. Maybe, maybe well, everyone will enter right. to the milkshake song and then they'll exit to the thong song. That's what <laughs> we'll can do. I twer- can I like twerk the our way out? Yes, you can okay. twerk people out twerk with the line. thong song. <laughs> I'm ready. Yes. Well, here's the thing, Ree, is that if if I do go first, you'll be so sad. But then if I, if I have you sing Ave Maria and think of me, and probably memory from Cats as well, no. You'll Listen. be so angry you won't cry. Uh, no, no, because I'll just die instead. Like <laughs> I'll just like it'll be like I'll start to sing and then like my soul will be like, no, the suffering is too great, and I'll just die right there <laughs> at your funeral, which would be really awkward for everybody. <laughs> yeah, way to blow it, Courtney. I'll just like steal the limelight. I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to die over that here. That would be so because... typical us, and then we're like in the next realm, like laughing our asses off, like, oh my god, I can't believe you died at my funeral. <laughs> What a we dick. Were, we're the worst. <laughs> what a dick. I had to make it about everything is about me. I'm like, I know, but it was also really funny. <laughs> like, As an empath, I died because you died. And I became it was like when we were on the plane together that time and I was going to the bathroom and there was a turbulence and I like bounced and Hillary was like, <laughs> oh no, Courtney's going to die. Oh, that'd be really funny, but also really traumatic. I think I cry left. Yeah. Because <laughs> I almost I hit the ceiling. You almost hit the ceiling. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. She's like, no, no, don't die. I mean, it'd be really funny, but also horrible. Um, it's so good. Um, Melanie, what do you have? Do you have anything exciting coming up? Like any, like any events or anything that we should all know about? Well, yeah. Later today, the next chunk of free time I have, I'm totally making a Mad Lib eulogy. Nice. <laughs> yes. Oh my fucking God. Yes. Just make sure the person <laughs> filling it in is not me because... <laughs> I don't know what an adjective is. Okay. So Mad Libs don't work right. for me because it's like, put in a plural noun. I don't know what a plural noun is. <laughs> yeah, but beyond that, like, and just a little this, bit right after talking to y'all, actually, I think it, at one, at, let's see, I think it would be uh 1245 Pacific time. I'm going to be doing a, um, the vendor room slot at the WitchCon online convention that I've been doing yesterday. I taught my class on tarot magic. So nice. today, but the vendor room and their lobby is open for everybody and free. So anybody would be welcome to pop in there and I'll be bending my books and wares. <laughs> oh, it's a virtual marketplace. Yeah. Oh man. Bye-bye money savings. <laughs> <laughs> You can get the exclusive stuffed animal tarot. <laughs> yes. I want it so bad. <laughs> um, and where can people find you? 
Um, well, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Melanie Marquis author or on Instagram, Magical Melanie Marquis with a K in magical or my website, melaniemarquis.com, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. Um, on TikTok, I have some little project that I do called Stuffed Animal Magic Shop that I film oh with my, my stuffed animals. Um, yes. I, that's my secret thing. So I really don't like to appear on video, but I love to um, make my stuffed animals appear on a video. So they do little magic videos. Um, so look up Stuffed Animal Magic Shop with the K in magic on TikTok or on YouTube, and you can be one of my... 30 to 60 subscribers it's exclusive club <laughs> so we do we have any questions before we release melanie into the world we got all the questions in i think Check well, okay. <laughs> i'm relieved <laughs> fantastic well i'm just glad you brought up that note about the um um the cemetery from our last recording. Cause I was, I felt so badly that the thing had fallen apart, but I think you're right. I think the dead were like, no, no, you are all horrible yeah. people except for Melanie. And we're not letting this out. It's, it's no, literally, I mean, like, we were talking about them. So it was kind of, we were kind of being rude. We just invaded their space with like hundreds of people that could see them and knew they were there without any warning to them. I tried to warn them, but you know, there's a lot of people there. You know, and then we're yeah. talking about them. Oh, yeah, there's spirits all over the place. Like, yeah, we're right here, y'all. You're talking about us. You know, we were being rude. So that's probably why. <laughs> well, we've had that happen before. We had our entire, when we were interviewing Stormy Daniels and we were talking about Susan, which is a, a doll that she has that is haunted by the spirit of a child. And when we start, she said, Susan hates it when I tell this story and like, for the length of the entirety of the story, the audio interface went down. And then as soon as the story was done, it came back up. It's like, real. All right, yeah. All right, Susan, mad respect. We're not going to pop like you got it. We're not going right. to say shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're sorry. Happens. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's been so, world, so nice. Y'all. It's been so, so nice to, um, to catch up with you. And thank you so much for joining us and talking about the equinox and all of your amazing plans and like, please everyone go check out Melanie. Melanie's work is amazing. Um, and I really am so excited for the stuff animal care. Like I cannot, I'm so excited. Um, and, uh, and yeah, thank you for joining us and thank you for our amazing Patreon supporters that are here as well. Great questions. I think they opened up, it opened up some really great conversation topics and, Uh, We look forward to chatting with everyone next week. And thanks again. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to That Witch Life Podcast. Our music is by Dustin Schultz, editing by Corey Drake. If you like what we do, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee or check out our merch on our Etsy store or join us on Patreon for bonus content, ad-free episodes, or to join our witch squad. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For show notes, audio transcript, or to ask us a question to answer on a future episode, go to thatwitchlife.com. Until then, keep moting that shit. We will talk to you next week. So mode it be.